Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Well, it's 2020, everybody. We're really on a mission, and our mission is, one, to help all of you rise above the noise, and number two is to have the best 2020 you can possibly have. One of the cool things about it being 2020 is 2020 means you have perfectly clear vision, right, Uh, that you can see as far away as most normal human beings can see, and we want to help you really truly be able to see, and part of that is making sure that you are totally dialed in in 2020. So we know you're, that if, you're dialed in, buddy. You're dialed in. Today. <laughs> Thanks, brother. So we all know that none of you who are listening to this podcast want to be just average, right? You wouldn't be spending the time with Kirk and I. You wouldn't be spending time listening to podcasts, taking notes, you know, going on websites, reading white papers if you didn't truly want to be uh, truly exceptional. We do know that you have got to be some sort of a prudent and diligent person because you're still searching for answers to help you overcome some of the greatest marketing issues that you face. But what are you going to do? How are you going to be shown the things that you really truly need to be work on in 2020 to be dialed in? And that's what Kirk's going to talk about today. So Kirk, man, I'm so glad that you're on the show with me. I am freaking dialed in, dude. It's going to be a good one. We're going to go beyond marketing today because we run the show. So if we want to go a little bit off that, we can. But there's a lot of, you know, marketing focus, but we're going to go beyond that because marketing actually impacts other areas of your business too. Well, right. And if in if you don't have some of the other aspects of your business truly dialed in, then even your greatest marketing efforts can really make you fall flat, right? Yeah, which is the opposite of what I just said, but it, it just it works both ways, right? Absolutely. Which is that your how you run your business impacts your marketing and how you market impacts your business. They're, so that's why we didn't want to leave out things that complement your marketing or things that marketing complement and make easier. So that's what we're gonna dive into today. So how do you know when something's not dialed in, Kirk? Well, we're going to give you a whole bunch of, of instances here. We've put them in categories to make it, you know, keep us focused, probably more to keep me focused, but we'll start with sales. So if your sales cycle is long and uncomfortable, if you find that you're constantly trying to create credibility in your meetings, mm-hmm. that's not a great sign. Yeah. That's not a sign that you're dialed in. If you're losing clients to other advisors or you can't compete in certain areas because they're really dialed in or they're they've got a niche expertise and people are coming to you and they're focused on one thing and you just can't compete there that might mean you've got a bit of an issue too so those are you know we're going to go through the the signs that you're not dialed in and then we'll we'll give you some thoughts on, on can i forward. can i add something real quick on the sales thing yeah if you have to hard sell you're not dialed in Right. I mean, if you're if you're going for the hard close, what can I do to get you to sign today sort of philosophy or technique, then you are truly not dialed in. Yeah. Or if you're constantly feeling the need to to push hot buttons for people, emotional hot buttons. Yeah. Like your your sales shouldn't just be emotionally driven because, you know, what happens with emotionally driven sales when the emotion is gone. A lot of people are are second guessing, Mm -hmm. you know, the decisions and they're second guessing your professionalism having, you know, talked, you know, got them emotionally triggered, charged, right. Right. Before they made a decision. 
you don't want to have to rely on emotions to get people to say yes. You want to rely on facts and process and, and blowing them away with value and things like that. And credibility plays a huge part in that. So if you don't, if you have to, you're constantly in a meeting having to validate your credibility of what you know, your philosophy and all that stuff, that's a sign that you're not dialed in. Which leads us directly into the second one, which is which is marketing, because your marketing should support that credibility, right? And, and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, if your marketing is time-consuming, you're not dialed in. Yeah. If you're not getting the results or you're constantly trying to find a new strategy or tactics that you think will work better, you're not dialed in. You should have a strategy that is almost the same every year and is keep building and building and building. And and probably the ultimate sign that you're not dialed in is that you're not getting referrals. In particular, you're not getting referrals to ideal opportunities. If those have dried up, that's a sign you're not dialed in. You know, Kirk, I just spoke at that Money Concepts uh, broker-dealer conference, and uh, you had added something to the the presentation, which was super fun, which was the the skit from the movie Up, where the dog has the talking collar, and he turns and said squirrel right in the middle of talking to the, to the old man. And that's really what happens with financial services professionals, is they go to these conferences, they read an article, and they think, this is going to solve all of my marketing needs, instead of realizing that the most successful advisors are the ones who have a long-term marketing plan and who, right. you know, consistently implement that. I'm jumping ahead, dude. I'm sorry, but uh, no, just, good. Uh, I got to uh, ask you a question now. When huh? you played that little video, mm-hmm. what was the reaction from the audience? They, they were all like, oh my God, that's me. I mean, seriously, yeah. it was perfect. Well, don't we have, doesn't our, our operations person, Lisa, doesn't she, is it, didn't she get a, <laughs> a shirt done that says I work with squirrels? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty standard for people who are running businesses to have that going on in their world. That's so right. If you can limit it. That's wonderful. Yeah. And we've done a great job of that and I will get to it soon, but we had a, a partner who's been really helpful in us even getting more dialed in. Yeah. We've been pretty dialed in, but we're even, we're at a whole other level since our team have experienced this uh, process, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But marketing is a huge thing that you need to be dialed into to have a great year. So look for those signs if you're not dialed in. Now, the next one, Kirk, is value. And, and this is where I'm really glad that you, you've you expanded on this a lot because this is one of the biggest frustrations I think financial advisors feel. And they'll say things like, well, I'm the best kept secret in the area. You know, I provide such great value, such great service to my clients, but they have no proof of it. So, so break this down. What are some of the other signs of, of advisors truly not being dialed in? I think, you know, value-wise that you're not cutting it. it you know, one of the most important things to getting referrals is being highly referable. Sure. But you know, you're not when you don't ever hear from centers of influence. Mm. And so if center of influences aren't calling you, asking you about a client, or do you think you can help them? Or, you know, what are you doing about this or that? I mean, you should be having professional conversations with centers of influence who trust you. And if they don't, you're not getting referrals from them. There's no way, right? So you got to work on building that. And you know how difficult that can be. But if you have great marketing, we'll get into that in a little bit, that will supplement and help that a lot. And that's why it's frustrating when sometimes when advisors talk about, I need to know how many leads I'm going to get. Stop thinking about leads as the only relevant outcome for marketing. Mm-hmm. How about the fact that your marketing means your relationships with center of influences now pay attention to you? And how many advisors and how many marketing companies are tracking the subjective return on investment 
of having engaged centers of influence and way more of them. They're not. No, they're not. So stop talking, stop thinking all the time about ROI being the only indicator of success because it will, it will kill your business and you'll be jumping from one thing to the other. And I call those sunk marketing practices. Those were a slide on your, on your oh, yeah. um, My presentation, new presentation yeah. that we did. And it's like a roller coaster ride. That's what most people look like. You sink your marketing. It works or doesn't work. It stops. And then you start the next thing. And there, there's no synergy between them. There's no continuity. There's no momentum building, and I'm on my high horse giving it to you guys. <laughs> well, but it, it's also confusing, right? It's confusing for the centers of yeah, influence. It's absolutely. confusing for your clients. Hey, weren't you a seminar guy yeah. last week, and now all of a sudden <laughs> you're right. an on-demand seminar guy? Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're you're sending me all these letters that have trying to you know show all kinds of personality, and they're funny. And I, I'm, and then you know, and then all of a sudden you're you're sending me your newsletter started and stopped. It used to be print, now it's email, now you're back to print. You, you know, your social media, you started doing a whole bunch of stuff and then you didn't, you know, you seem to be involved in charitable stuff and now you're not, Yep. you're sharing all, now all of a sudden you're sharing all these articles I've never seen before. They don't sound like you. <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah. Hey, you know what we need that to come up fun. with? I've never done that rant before. <laughs> you know what we need to come up with? We need to change ROI to have something to do with relationships. So instead of return on investment, the real ROI is relationships on something. I'm planting a seed there. We're doing yeah. live brainstorming here, people. Anyway, so value, 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 value. What, what, how do you communicate value? And we're going to give you a great solution on how to do that. Now, something- I, I think there's another thing here with values that oh. if you're not referring business to centers of influence on a regular basis, you're not providing value to your clients. Mm. And that's a sign that you're not dialed in. If you're really good at what you do and you really care about your clients, you should be referring them because there's no way that the stuff that comes up in calls and meetings with you is stuff that you alone can solve. Yeah. There's no way. So you need to be referring. We refer people on a fairly consistent basis. One of the ways we refer people is we have guests on our show yep. from all over this industry. If you don't think that's referring to us, we're constantly promoting our peers all the time. And and in some cases, that adds a lot of value to our listenership and, you know, because it might be the thing that they need or want or care about. And sometimes it's less so for certain people. But for the most part, we're, we're introducing people all the time. And then we introduce people on a personal basis, too. Yeah. Coaches, process management people. Uh, other uh, other marketers? Dude, yeah, I can't tell you. Marketing, yeah, marketing totally. companies. I, I love it. I love it when uh, you know people reach out to me on on LinkedIn and say, "Matt, I'd really like to be on the Top Advisor Marketing uh, podcast, but I think we're competition." And I'm like, "I don't care." Maybe you know the the goal is right for people to have really great marketing, really great branding, really rise above the noise, and truly you know be their own loud. And you know what? If you don't do it with us, that's fine. Just do it with freaking somebody. All right. What's next? Here's the thing about that: is we do some stuff that nobody else really does. So I love it when somebody thinks they're competition because really yeah. what they're doing is they're introducing the uniqueness, the unique value that we provide with our podcasting and thought leadership services. Mm -hmm. So it's a wonderful thing for us. And that's, that's another sign is if you really feel like everybody is direct competition, there's that's nothing right. that you do, do different that their audience wouldn't be in, intrigued by. That's right. For the right audience. Well, in right? the commoditization of our industry, which is one of the things that yeah. was talked about a lot at that Money Concepts uh, yeah. conference. So another, so two more signs that that you're that you're not dialed in value wise. All right. One, uh, the third one is that you're not getting referrals to ideal 
like ideal referrals. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting referrals and they're all over the map mm-hmm. and you, and they're coming in and you're like, oh, this is not, this isn't perfect, but some, someone's so referred me, that, that's a problem. Another one is that you can't compete with the best or niche advisors. You just don't have enough of value. I think I mentioned this in my previous one, but if there's advisors who are really dialed in, whether it's social security, whether it's working with business owners in the manufacturing world, and you have got a manufacturing client and they come to you and start asking you a bunch of questions, you're like, well, I just, I can't do that. Or, and they've been talking to another advisor who really dialed in. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're going to keep Yep, you're up. Yep. Which is why being a, having niche value or having a niche to begin with, both niche expertise and niche audience, um, makes you, means you can compete better. Yeah. And you can own all those relationships and other advisors can't compete because you can drive so much value for that audience that nobody else will be able to compete. I say this ad nauseum and that that's one of the most important things about having a niche audience or niche focus is that you can create so much value that other people can't compete with you with the people that you want to work with most. Mm. And it's just still not happening the way it ought to. I had a wonderful experience helping a company with their brand and website which is the brands, you know, the brand foundation stuff that we, we still do for clients, although not nearly as much as we do podcasting and micro-influence work. It had a great moment. So we're talking about the focus of the website and the brand. And right now, they work with three different audiences. That is very common for a lot of advisors that we work with. And, I, and they said, well, I've got another guy in the office who does, you know, focus B. And then focus C they, they kind of just happen along the way. But A is what we're, where I really want to get dialed in 2020. And he said, well, what am I going to do with the other guy in my office who does focus B? And I said, well, here's what you're going to, it's a compromise. You're going to have to have less dialed in marketing. And I said, so here's what that's going to look like. And I started going down that path and he stopped me and he said, Kirk, I've had enough of this in my business. We're going with A only. And I love what you're doing. Let's do this. Wow. And and I, I, I wasn't playing a Jedi mind trick on the guy, not on purpose anyway, but I started talking about all the compromises and I was, I was agreeing with them. I was saying, yeah, let's, okay, let's, let's, let's keep this other person happy. Mm-hmm. But you know, here you just, you just know that these are the compromises. And when I got through, I wasn't even through them all. And he just stopped me and you know, his, his marketing is going to be 10 times better, yeah. 10 times better. And that other person can just tweak their focus to fit the brand. So that brings us to another thing we'll get into a little bit, which is business model challenges that you might be facing. But if you can't compete with the bet with other advisors because their niche is so obvious and they have so much value, you need to figure out, you know, who you're working with, why you're working with, should you even been working with that person? Things like that. Mm-hmm. That's it for value. Now the next one is financial planning. If your financial planning isn't dialed in, what are some of the warning signs there, Kirk? I think one of them is um, maybe not enough margin. So you're just not efficient enough or focused on one client. So if you're doing financial planning and it's all over the map, like who you're working with and what you're doing for them uh, strategically, that can really slow your team down, Mm -hmm. right? Or slow you down. And what ends up happening is you just can't possibly do the thorough, comprehensive approach because everybody's so different. It's like you're relearning every case. I can see it being fun and challenging for advisors, but what you want is you want to do financial plans for people who are similar enough that you can get really good at it and really efficient at it. I don't mean efficient to the point where you're not offering value because you're trying to make it easy, 
I mean efficient because you've done this, you know what to look for, and you know the best you know paths and option for people. And I think that's what you need to look for in your business is can you can you get so dialed in that financial planning becomes easier and more valuable for your audience. And it also needs to be able to be systematized, right? Which is very frustrating. You know, when I was a coach, the, the operations teams would always say, well, you know, gosh, Matt, uh, you know, the advisor doesn't ever follow the systems. And one of the reasons why is because everything was an exception. There were no rules. And so if you truly have a niche and you are totally focused f- from a financial planning or really a marketing standpoint or anything like we're talking about, then all of that stuff really truly works together. If every one of your financial plans is a one-off, then you have no financial planning system, which means that your team can't support it. Absolutely. So another a key indicator that you're not dialed in with financial planning is just not having enough time to do it. That means you're doing too many things for too many people. Uh, it could be a business model issue. I've seen this. I just gave you an example of a company that had two advisors in the company. One was working with a certain audience. One was working with another. Um, I we did a podcast a year ago, maybe longer, about the best business models, and we believe that they're the ensemble version, which is where you have specialties and roles in in the organization, and they're all working towards the same client, for the same client, not just towards, but for the same client. In other words, you don't have multiple advisors owning their own individual books. I think that's an amazing model to look forward to. You've got succession built in. Everybody's you know rowing in the same direction. Uh, the brand becomes so dialed in because you know exactly who everybody's looking for instead of one advisor looking for this type, one advisor looking for that type, which kills your marketing. It kills your marketing. That's one of the most common mistakes I've seen in this industry is multi-advisor offices who aren't who don't have the same focus on who they want to work with, what they do, and things like that. That's just just think about it. It's so, it's so it's so obvious when you think about it. The problem is, is that the Lord, the financial efficiencies of having two people sharing expenses in an office, right? Having a, a colleague to run to to run stuff off. There's so many wonderful things about that, you know, that appear to be wonderful, but they in other areas of your business they absolutely kill you. Mm-hmm. And I've very rarely seen a multi advisor office with individual books that are so dialed in. It happens. It does happen. But it's it's l- less less likely to be so than than likely. Yeah, super rare. I I think that uh one of the questions that I've always asked and it really pisses a lot of advisors off is who are you planning for? Right? And if you're really only planning for yourself uh and you're you know trying to uh be incredibly dependent on the software, you know when you deliver the plan the the clients are like I don't really understand why I have this or why I paid for this. You have to make some deep philosophical decisions for your practice. Is your financial planning and, and not just profitable but worth something to your clients? Um, Is it structured? Is it systematized? But my favorite thing is, is ask your client after you've delivered them the paper version of a financial plan or on the email that you send them the link to their PDF financial plan. I want you to uh, put a tracker on it because you can do that in almost every contact management system. And I want you to see if they ever open it more than once. And if they don't, and if they don't ever bring the financial plan, if they don't ever refer to the financial plan, then you are truly not dialed in at what your clients truly want and truly find valuable. Yeah, they should absolutely be focused on the deliverables that you provide. That's when you know they're valuable. Totally, totally. All right, what's next, brother? So we're going to move to operations. Okay. 
these, you know, some obviously some of these are obvious, but sometimes you're so busy you forget them. So we're reminding you guys. Sure. A little knock to the head. If you're if you have a lot of turnover in your office, you're not dialed in. Yeah, you need to hire a coach. <laughs> That's what you need to do. You need to hire somebody who's gonna not just knock you around, but but find out really what in God's name is going on. Yeah, every time I say you're not dialed in, and I know I'm repeating it many, many times, it reminds me of some kind of skit, some humor skit, but I can't remember because I'm not good at remembering stuff like that. Hmm. Is it a Saturday Night Live skit? Maybe, but it really should turn into a drinking game. Every time you say dialed in, everybody needs to take a drink. I don't know how that's going to help them. But... <laughs> By the time they get we get halfway through the podcast, they're going to be so drunk, they're not going to know what's going on. But... I know, especially since uh, the the most value, I, we hope, is going to come at the end of the podcast where we give them some clear <laughs> yeah. uh, things to look for. All right. So operations. So if you're not as profitable as you'd expect, you need to fix that. Mm-hmm. Right. So having the right audience, spending less time, knowing exactly what you're doing. So you're, you know, having everybody on your team figured out, you know, know exactly what they need to do. So if you've got a stressed out team, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I've seen that with um, not all, not that all the advisors we work with, but because we work with their teams, uh, we get a sense of how happy they're in their jobs. And I'll say typically the, the most successful Companies we talk to, their staff are so dialed in, they're happy, they know exactly what their roles are. You constantly need to intervene in client work or processes in your office. That's going to really hold you back. And that's a problem that your your team and you aren't dialed in. If your job descriptions are constantly changing or haven't or haven't changed in a long time, that might be actually equally bad or maybe even worse. Then you need to figure out how to evolve those job descriptions but not have them be constantly changing. So do some planning, figure this stuff out, you know, have a day with your team, go off site, which we're doing in a couple of days here, bringing mm-hmm. our team in and we're going to revamp some processes as we grow and expand here so we can handle even more business. Um, so we can have happier people in their roles, things like that. You need to constantly be doing that. And some advisors just aren't cut out to do that. Right. I'm not as good at doing that in my business. So I have other people who compliment me. Matt and Lisa as a, as a good example. Another one is if you're constantly putting out fires. If you constantly gotten put, putting out fires, there's something wrong and you know somebody's not dialed in. Right. And it's likely and it all starts with you, right? The advisor. I, w- I want to touch on something before we jump into some of the solutions here, uh, mm-hmm. which is is just very quick. Um, most entrepreneurs like Kirk, you and I, uh, and, and probably 90% of the people who are listening to the show, we don't mind the unknown. We don't mind controlled chaos. We don't mind, uh, taking risk, but we're very abnormal. If you've hired a good operations team, a good support structure for your company, they thrive off of understanding expectations. And and I've said this before, but when I was a marriage counselor, which was the worst job I've ever had in my life, when I was a marriage counselor, the number one reason why people got into arguments and ended up getting a divorce is because they thought the other person knew what their expectations were when those expectations were not communicated clearly. That's the same thing. You're in a relationship with your team. You have to communicate your expectations. And if those expectations are consistently and always changing, you're they're not going to be happy. That can increase your turnover, and it truly means that you're not truly focused or dialed in. That's great, uh, great point. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, all right. And we've um, we've gotten a lot better at that. Yes, um, it really shows. Here, here's a story. One of our, um, I, I guess I'd call her sales sales assistant is probably mm-hmm. a good word for yeah. Robin. Yeah, totally. She was away in Mexico on vacation and. 
she's telling me the other day upon returning that she may have found another voice talent to help to be a co-host for our podcast with our, with our advisors. And they were in compliance. And I'm thinking to myself, you're on vacation relaxing, which is what we want to do. We don't want anybody away working, but you care so much about the business and you're having so much fun in the business that when an opportunity came up, you actually pursued having conversations and um, without it feeling like you were back at work, right? right? I, I know that she didn't have that conversation because she felt compelled. She had it because it made her happy. She, she likes, you know, our company. And I think that's a, a great place to be. Well, dude, and she's able to communicate what the heck we do, right? <laughs> Which is so awesome being able to have, you know, uh, and she's one of our newest employees, newest team members, right? And she's like, when, cause she told me the same story and she's rattling off and I told her that we do this and I told her that we do this. And she was like, wow, you really know. And she's like, well, you know, I do. And, and man, it's, it's so much fun having somebody, uh, and, and really, if you ask anybody on our team, you know, really, truly what we do, I think it, it's very, very clear. And, and now it's taken us a while to get there, right? Like, I guess I shouldn't say we've really only been in existence for a couple of years, but in those two years, we've been really, uh, focusing and focusing well, and focusing. together. Well, together, <laughs> right. Yeah. Been around know, 20, yeah long 20, time outside of this. Yeah. But you know, when you merge two businesses, Kirk, or when you try to take on something new, like both of us have, when we merged our companies, we were trying lots of different things. And then we found a solution and we really started focusing on that solution. And that sort of epiphany that we had is why I believe that we've been able to be so dialed in and our teams dialed in too, which leads us to this. So, so this is going to be a long podcast. I probably should have said that a little while ago, but I want to start talking about some of the ways that you can fix. You do not need to hire us to fix any of these things. I just want to be uh, totally apparent. The stuff that we're going to go over right now are things that you should take notes on that you can fix on your own. Now, we are going to be making some recommendations because we have some friends of ours who are really, really good at helping you, but these are things that, that top advisor marketing do not need to be involved in find somebody who you can have implement this for you. Like our first person, which Kirk, I'm going to, I'm going to take this and I'm going to hand it off to you. But I had the, the, a huge gift, a good friend of ours, coach Joe Lucas, who by the way is, is the best business planning coach in our industry and has been forever. He gave us a gift, uh, top advisor marketing, because we've referred business to him and, and he's been on our show a bunch. But he allowed me to go down and go through his business planning uh, process for three days down in Fort Lauderdale. We were on the top floor of this high rise overlooking the beach. And oh my God, did he just blow everybody's brains out? I mean, it was just unfreaking believable. People were walking out of there tired every day, mentally exhausted, having major epiphanies. I mean, you could just see the, the looks on everybody's face. And if you don't really have a plan, and, and Coach Joe would specifically say, you know, I want you to think about this five years from now. I want you to think about this when you get back to the office. I want you to think about this, you know, if all of these things went well, and he was just challenging how everybody thought, it was so flippin' awesome. And if you haven't joined Coach Joe Lucas, if you haven't, got, he's got a whole bunch of free resources, he has a way for you to create a real plan for your financial services practice, because most of you who plan other people's lives for a living don't take the time to plan for yourself. You don't have to wait to go to, the, to his, I think it was called a summit, wasn't it? A business planning summit? Or that's correct. That yeah, no, well, I think that's what we call it, yeah. It's called Magellan Network Business Planning Summit. Anyway, you don't have to wait until next 
December or November? Actually, November. Uh, you know what? He does, he has many smaller events regionally. So you need to check out his website, but yeah. Okay. Go figure out how to get a plan in place. And he, I believe he has a free online business planning course that you can. <laughs> he does, which is the craziest yeah. thing. I mean. But he's evolved his. Yeah in-person uh, process to the extent that that's what you ultimately want to get to, but start, start with the free version. If you, if you can't find out where he's at or you can't afford to get there or whatever is start with that. I think most of our listeners are um, in the place where they've got budgets and they're trying to look to do stuff. So you should be able to afford. Well, just, just find a coach, right? Yeah. And, and the, the fun part about it is, is, you know, when, when I was a coach, not everybody fit my model and you're not going to fit every coach's model. You do need to try a couple of coaches on it. In fact, another really good friend of ours, which they run a productivity uncorked, uh, which you just type in productivity on cork. But Patty and Michelle, who are the two coaches there, are unfreaking believable. And maybe they're the coaches who you're going to connect with. Maybe you're not feeling as productive as you need to. Maybe you want to to really start looking at how to market more effectively and get more referrals to women. They are the the they're the key. So yeah, or you want somebody who you can meet face to face with. Yeah. There's that possibility. So there's a lot of coaching companies that can have a better Well, you know, and, and California, I, I just, McDonald, well, right. Joe's in Florida. Jay Coulter is another really good friend of ours who does really great work. So, yeah. you know, I, I like dropping those names, not just because they're friends of ours and we like them. We, we get nothing from them besides, you know, they're just wonderful people, but there are so many people who hang their, their board outside saying that they're a coach, right? I don't, think you, I don't think you have to preface every time we talk about somebody that we don't get paid. I think everybody knows that okay. we're, we're, we're two good fellows trying I, to help. Out. Yeah. I, and I, I really I like those guys. Those oh, okay. I appreciate yeah. that, dude. So, those are names that all of you should know. If you don't know those names, please make sure you write them down because they're all really good people. Okay. Now we need to move on, Kirk, because this is going to be like a three hour yeah. podcast. Yeah, we do. So start with simple marketing. So first of all, consider outsourcing because sometimes you just don't have the people power inside to do decent marketing. So think about outsourcing. Obviously there's a budget attached to that. It doesn't have to be huge. You could hire a virtual marketing assistant. There's things you can do. You don't have to go out hire a big company, mm-hmm. but consider how you're going to you know, get that done. One of the most important things is have a long-term strategy that builds momentum every year. Do not do marketing that you're not sure in two years you're going to be doing the same thing. Try to figure out something that's going to build momentum and keep getting better and better as time goes on. That means don't stop looking for the magic marketing bullet. That's going to be really good right now. And you have no idea if it'll be any good the next time you do it. So look for stuff. Um, Whatever you're doing marketing wise, make it authentic. It should be it should be your thought leadership that you're sharing that drives the business because nobody can deny when it's you that's writing and providing the thought leadership because this business is all about credibility, right? You live, you work and compete in the expertise economy, so you have to market like an expert. Mm-hmm. And so that's not you. How do you get your ideas, what you know out there, not what other people know or an article database? you got to figure out how to make your own marketing, right? And so get that done. Another really important part is to have a clear message and niche. So a niche expertise, what you're known for and really smart, and what you really know well, and then the audience that cares most deeply about that and needs it in their world. you got to have that figured out. That really tees up your marketing. And you want to only do as much marketing as you can actually implement. (laughs) Don't. Don't talk to a marketing company or a consultant or a coach 
have them come up with this massive marketing plan that there's no way you're ever going to be able to follow through with. Start simple and build on it. Do some stuff internally, maybe hire a virtual marketing assistant, get something going, and then build some momentum in the next year, you know, hire a bigger, you know, just figure it out. But have a plan to do that. Start simple, but make sure you get the basics done. And I've just mentioned all the basics. So that's it for, you know, start with simple marketing. I'm going to take over streamlining processes in the job description. So I'm going to take these next two. The, the, so streamline processes. When you everything's an exception, then then again you can't have any rules. Make rules. Improve your technology. Improve your systems. Improve your processes. Everybody's always you know talking about systems, systems, systems. But the person who disrupts the systems 99% of the time is the advisor. So the advisor needs to toe the line with the systems too. Make sure you're improving your technology. Uh, and that could be as simple as upgrade your computers, right? If you've got a computer that's old, that's wheezing every time you turn it on, just freaking go buy a new one. You know, I know that they can be expensive, but it really is worth it. And not just physical technology, but also software. It is no longer cute for you to say, I don't know how to use my cell phone. That's not cute, right? It used to be cute 15 years ago when cell phones just came out and you were resistant because you were old, but nowadays it's just part of the culture and you need to implement Next, you have to have clear. I'm always resistant because oh. because of their age. What? I'm just challenging. People aren't always resistant because of their age. They're eh. just resistant because they might not like change, or they grew up in an area where that kind of thing wasn't valued or accept or accepted. Anyway, I'm just having fun with you. Thank okay, you. well, and I'm going to say screw you on that one, buddy, because I think most of the times uh, it's because they're just yeah, freaking fine. old, dude. But okay, okay, uh, clear roles and job descriptions. When I, when I used to do on-site consultations, that was one of the big things that I heard from teams all the time was, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do every day. Or, you know, everything just kind of comes at me and I don't have any organization. That, that, is, that is unbelievably frustrating for your team. But here's the best part. Broker dealers and outside organizations have ways to outsource things. I'm going to give you a very, very quick example. One of the advisors I'm friends with here in my town, uh, we went to the same high school and stuff like that. He's a super nice guy. His broker dealer, now you can outsource all of the operations. So all of the paperwork, all of the paperwork creation, uh, all of the signatures, e-signatures, all of that stuff. So when he gets a new client, he just puts a little tag in the CRM. It, it tasks the outsourced person. All of the paperwork is done. And guess what? You know it's right because it was done by the freaking broker-dealer. And then it comes back to him clean, ready to go, no mistakes. That's the sort of stuff that you should look at because you have to truly put a value on your time. And then last but not least, you have to build a culture in your office that you're proud of. People should love coming to work. People should be happy. And in fact, one of one of the young ladies who uh, worked for us for a while ended up d- moving on, which is a very beneficial move on. And we're we're sorry that she's gone, but still, I just actually talked to her yesterday on Skype, which is funny. But one of the things that she said was, you know, hey Matt, I really like working for my new company, but it just doesn't feel the same. Like. We've built a culture at Top Advisor Marketing of of support, of, I mean, honestly, of love, of, you know, self-care, of working hard, playing hard, you know, giving people lots of compliments. That's the sort of stuff that you need to think of because people will stay with you if they love coming to work. I'm done. Yeah, or they'll say nice things and mm-hmm. about people who might want to work with us. So yeah. there's, you know, everybody knows somebody, right? So here, I'm going to go a little deeper on the next little point here, which is finding a focus. Okay. And it's my last, you know, idea on how to fix, you know, how to fix 
you know, not being dialed in for 2020. So you have a better 2020. I talked a little bit with in the marketing uh, a couple of minutes ago about having a clear message and niche, but let me go a little deeper in that. You want to find an expertise that you can hang your hat on. What can you be really good that if you really focused on it and articulated everything you know about that, that particular expertise, you could be better than most advisors at. In other words, you can create a competitive advantage by focusing on that niche expertise. And do you have an audience that really cares deeply about what you do, why you do it, and how you do it? If you can figure out that, you've got an incredible focus to move forward in your business. A lot of advisors are terrified, absolutely terrified, to to pursue a specific focus. And I think the opposite should be the case. You should be terrified of not having a focus and not moving forward with that. The next one is to articulate that focus so that people get it fast. You want to have some intrigue so that they stay on your website or stay on your profile or whatever or listen to your message. But once they get past that intrigue, they should get fast what you do on most occasions. So you want to get to a place where you articulate what you do so specifically about an audience and your expertise that they get it fast. And that's when you've got them, you'll get them, they'll start engaging in your marketing. And you need to have mechanisms for them to engage too. That's a little too deep for today. You need to find a way to communicate to them on their terms and on a consistent basis. So if, however they like to be communicated to, you need to make sure that you're doing that all the time. So figure that out. Like I said, start simple and then build. So get a foundation built this year or build on the foundation you may have set last year to keep getting better in your marketing and everything else that you're doing. So now, so that's it for how to fix. Now we're going to give you some signs. We're going to try to lift everybody up. We've beaten everybody up a little bit here, but here's, here's signs that you're dialed in for 2020. And Matt, why don't you, uh, why don't you run with these and, and show some enthusiasm, get your hands going. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the first one. Oh, sorry, these are the signs. It's, the right. outcomes are next. I'll do the outcomes. Okay. You do the signs. So these are the signs that when you recognize this, right, you're like, oh my God, I'm really getting closer to being truly dialed in. Number one, you have a very clear brand. You know who you are, what you do, why you do it, and who you do it for. Number two, you're showcasing your thought leadership on a regular basis. You're finding outlets, whether it's video, blogs, whether it's podcasting, whether it's public speaking, that you have the opportunity to truly show your leadership, your thought leadership. Leadership, your expertise. Next, you've got a one, three, five, and 10 year business plan. Uh, I used to tell a story, I still do, and I'm going to tell it right now, which is uh, when I taught my kids how to ride a bike, uh, we had a grassy hill right across the street from our house. And so my kids were all padded up and whatever. They had helmets on and crap when they were about to ride a bike. But one of my sons, I went ahead and, you know, I kind of got him going and I pushed him down the hill. And uh, he was, I noticed that he was looking straight up and he was looking at the road because that's what I told him to do. And he was really, really good. And then he, you know, kind of petered out and fell over. Now, my other son, same helmet, same kid, he's a freaking twin, right? And I let him go, and he's staring at his front tire, and he's overcorrecting and overcorrecting and fell immediately. That's exactly what happens with planning in your business. If you don't have that long view, you're going to be overcorrecting and making really, really impulsive mistakes that are not going to allow you to have long-term success. Next, you know exactly what your team members do, why they do it, and how that helps you with the overall client service process. Next, 
You don't try to do everything in-house. One of the most amazing feelings is when you outsource something and it comes back and it's right. Um, it's such a liberating opportunity. Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach has, has been talking about this for many years. For some reason, it seems to be more highlighted now, which is it's not how to get it done. It's who's going to get it done. And that shift in mentality can make a huge difference when it comes to how you're going to grow and truly feel like you're dialed in in 2020. Last but not least is that your clients know what your value is. And that value that you provide to your clients is so high that they don't grump about fees. They don't grump about meetings. They're happy to hear from you when you call, which, by the way, you should be. They interact with your thought leadership and your material. And finally, they become advocates because they're consistently providing you with referrals because they love you and what you do as much as you do. So here's some outcomes that you should expect in 2020 if you're dialed in, okay? The first one is that your staff are happy. They enjoy coming to work. They're solving problems on their own without you intervening, and they're inventing ways to get better. Your COIs, clients, and prospects are referring ideal prospects. They've become advocates. You notice I said I put prospects in there. Prospects advocating for you is an incredible thing to happen. It happens to us. I hope it happens for you. Everyone understands your specific expertise and audience. You understand what you understand what your focus is. Your team understands, your centers of influence understand, and your clients understand. And I guess you could put there your prospects understand. Selling and onboarding is painless and enjoyable. If your team or you hate that part of the process, that's not a great thing. So you can expect those things to be painless. You should expect those things to be painless and enjoyable. If you, uh, you aren't touching everything in your business, that's a wonderful outcome to expect. Let the people who have certain roles do their job and be so confident in them because they're so dialed in and they're so happy and they're inventing and solving that you don't need to be involved at everything. It's relatively easy for you to fulfill your service for your clients. It shouldn't be painstaking and having your team run all over the place to do your job. Those things should flow, should be systematized, know exactly what you're doing, all those things. So that's, that's another outcome. And here's probably one of the most important outcomes that you should be able to expect if you're dialed in is that you have 200% ideal client retention. Thinking, how can you have 200%? Can you only not have 100%? Here's what 200% means. That every one of your ideal clients should produce one more ideal client in any given year. That's an expectation that you should have if you're doing all these things right. And that is my final statement. 200% ideal client retention Retention should be an expectation for you or an outcome from doing all these wonderful things. I'm going to say, I'm going to sign off by saying, I hope all of you have an incredible 2020 and continue to move your businesses forward because when everybody's businesses are moving forward, everybody benefits. Your staff, you, your family, your relatives, your community, and eventually the world right? Is it just a better place when we're all dialed in, we're all focused, having fun. So that's what I wish for you guys in 2020. Matt, I'll let you um, sign off. Thanks, brother. 
I, I actually, I, I don't think that could be said any better. So I'm just going to give you guys all a quick reminder. Uh, make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. If you know somebody who needs to be dialed in in 2020, share this podcast with them by clicking the share button. Uh, if you have a chance, give us a quick review on iTunes or any of the players that you're listening to. We'd always appreciate that. And any comments, uh, both positive and negative, because that way we can make some changes. And finally, if you have any topics that you would like for us to cover on the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast in 2020, all you have to do is email me at matt at topadvisorm, that M is for marketing, com. We'll be more than happy to talk to those guests and talk to you about what topics you want to hear, because this podcast isn't about us. It's about you. So for Kirk Lowe and everybody here at Top Advisor Marketing, we'll see you on the other side of the mic and have a great 2020. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.